This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. I want to take you to uh, the book of Genesis. I want to bring you a message entitled Worth Stealing. Worth Stealing. It was Genesis chapter 31. I'll read the word, then we'll pray together today. Genesis chapter 31 and verse number 30. I can understand your feeling. Okay, this is Laban and Jacob having a conversation. I can understand your feeling that you must go, Laban says, and... Your intense longing for your father's home. But notice this verse. Why have you stolen my gods? Would you say that line with me, please? But why have you stolen my gods? I'll put it back up there. Some of you didn't have the confidence because it disappeared. Here you go. One more time. But why have you stolen my gods? I want to talk to you about what the Lord burned into my heart this week. It's not the message I had intended to bring you, but I feel compelled of God to bring this to you. I, I felt, as it were, a holy interruption. This is verse 31. I rushed away because I was afraid, Jacob answered. I thought you would take your daughters from me by force. But as for your gods, as for your what? See if you can find them. Hmm, I feel the Holy Spirit just quickening my spirit. Uh, some of us uh, need to deal with the areas of our lives uh, in such a way that uh, past bondages can no longer be found. And let the person who has taken them die. If you find anything else that belongs to you, identify it before all these relatives of ours, and I will give it back. But Jacob did not know that Rachel, what's this, had stolen the household idols. Let's bow our heads. Father, I thank you for this day, and I thank you that we have gathered, and those who are joining us now and other methods of communication. God, we, you have brought us all to this point of the message. God, I thank you for today. I thank you for your Holy Spirit. And I thank you, God, that I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that this message is from you. Bless this word and open it to us now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Let me ask you a question of which you do not have to give a show of hands, but have you ever stolen anything? Some of you have affirmed said question. Now let me ask you this question. Have you ever been robbed of anything? So I want to talk to you about if you have stolen or been robbed and the importance of how you felt for just a moment. I remember walking across the parking lot as a young boy uh, and my grandmother was mugged in the parking lot. They took her purse. Uh, She is screaming, crying. There's my mother is screaming. They're holding on to me. Uh, I remember that vividly. It's probably one of the reasons why I lock all the doors and, and, and the thing, the way it affected me as a young child. 
I never wanted to experience that again until one day I came home and, and I came around the curve. And as I came around the curve onto the street we used to live on, I, I saw ahead of me uh, police cars in front of my house. How many of you like that feeling? There were police cars all over the front of my, my house, my yard, on the street, and there standing in the middle of them were my two oldest children, and Christina was about to deliver our third child, and it's in the middle of the summer, it's the month of July, she has taken them swimming, and they're all kind of post-pool, and, and now they've been crying, and so you can imagine the scene, their eyes are swollen, they're already red from probably the chlorine, uh, uh, nobody's hair's fixed, and I come around the corner and to this scene, and um, uh, what had happened is Christina had returned home and uh, interrupted uh, our home being burglarized. And the quickness of the moment, I guess, when they saw her come home, uh, uh, the, the person who, who robbed our home, uh, I still don't know their name, don't, don't care to know their name. I pray that one day they, they'll be in heaven and uh, because I pray they found Jesus. Come on, amen. But uh, uh, they had grabbed just a very few things. They grabbed quickly. Uh, uh, she, being nine months pregnant and swollen in the middle of summer, had taken off her, her, her wedding set and other jewelry I had given her and placed it in a cup there on the counter, and they grabbed that. And then they, on the way out, I had these little dog statues that I was collecting. And they were my collection. You know, back when collectibles were still collectible before the internet ruined everything. And before you could find them, you know, the values tanked and all that, but they were my collectibles. And, and I'd been collecting these since I was probably fifth grade. And, and they just, they just took the whole shelf with them, threw it in whatever they had and, and, and took my dog statues with them. And I remember thinking, why did you steal that? At that moment, you feel so violated. You, you almost feel like that you're violated not only by the thieves, but by the investigators because everybody's getting a glimpse behind the curtain and you feel naked. At that, 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 that time, we were trying to figure out how to deal with that. And, and I want to talk with you about uh, those items that they stole maybe here in, in just a few moments. But we were trying to deal with that. And, and, and as I was trying to deal with that, I, I could only imagine uh, uh, how we were going to begin to feel safe again. We had been violated. I wanted my stuff back, and, and and I didn't know how it was going to work out. It did ultimately work out for our good, but in this passage, we find Laban in the very same situation. Now, I have an interesting message for the first Sunday. It is a message that God's come to deal with us about. How many are thankful when God deals with us? Those he loves, he deals with. See, so the word is chasten. Well, you, you have to bring that into modern-day English. He corrects those he loves. And so uh, Laban is feeling very much, he feels violated, he's angry, and he's probably a little confused. And he's asking the question, why did you steal the family gods? He knows that Jacob doesn't even worship the little idols. I mean, why would he take his family gods? Jacob, once confronted, is appalled. He didn't steal anything. And in his anger, he declares, whoever has stolen the idols will die. And it turns out that Rachel has stolen the idols. She keeps them successfully hidden from her father while he's looking for them. And she has now stolen and possesses the family gods. Why were they so important to her? And why were they so important to Laban that he would raise a small army to come and reclaim them? 
Well, the reason that Rachel stole the gods, we may never know, but there are actually two clues in Scripture and two clues in our in our world and in culture and history that let us know that the reasons that we could probably draw involve both value and inheritance. Let me say that again. They involve both value and inheritance. This is important. Now, Rachel has been married for some years at this time, and a lot of people have wondered why Jacob has chosen this moment now to escape. Why is he going home at this point? You see, in the culture they lived in, until Rachel gave him a child, she was still uh, able to be returned back to the home that she had come from. And so once she gives him gives birth to Joseph, now she is forever married into the family of Jacob. And Jacob says, now no one can take you, and I'm going to take you home. I'm, we are now going. So Rachel is now being forced to leave her family behind. She's going back to where her husband's family is from. And so what does she stop to take with her? I want you to notice this. This is super important. What does she take with her when it's her opportunity to go forward and form her own family? Listen to me carefully. This is from God. I want you to hear what I just said. I don't say that lightly. This is from the Lord. What did Rachel take with her when she went out the door? Rachel takes what her family values. She stops and takes what her family has valued the most. These little gods had been given positions of honor in her house. They were always up front. They were always cherished. They were something to be admired from a distance but never touched by the children. They were taught very early on, we protect these items and we honor them. They are of great value to our family. So when it is time for her to leave, she takes with her what her family values the most. She has been taught this culture of that's valuable. That's to be protected. Now, what does that have to do with anything? Listen to me carefully. You need to get what I'm about to say. If you get very little else I say this year, get what I'm about to say. Take time. Write it down. Listen to what I'm about to say here. Your children will carry the values, traditions, and faith that have been cherished, protected, and honored in your home. When it comes time for them to go and establish their own families, go and establish their own worlds, your children will only take with them what you have valued. They will only take with them what you've taught them to protect. They will, oh my goodness, I feel the Holy Spirit as I'm speaking to you today. They will only take with them what you have honored in your own home. We want our children to have better than we have. We want our children to have more, but instead, listen to me carefully, instead we will uh, dishonor the very things that we say we value and give greater honor to things of this earth. Am I making sense to anybody today? This is truth. So, in Rachel's family, in Laban's family, there was great value placed upon these little idols. So she takes what is valued. If your children and my children are going to take from our houses what is valued, treasured, cherished, and protected, I have to wonder what they will take. What's going with them? Can I get an amen? 
What will they carry? What will it be? Can I tell you one of the greatest values I feel like my parents taught me as a boy? This was one of the greatest values they taught me as a boy was God first. We put God first. We put his paths first. When we don't want to go that way, but if that's the way God's word says to go, then that's what we're going to do. If God's word says to do good, that is faithfully use you, that's what you do. When we start putting God first, it, it changes everything. I don't know how many times I remember this argument that would happen in my, my family home because it was a, it was a Sunday morning that was coming. It was Saturday night and Sunday morning was coming and relatives would say, well, we don't understand. We've come to visit you and, and you don't want to be with us. And they're like, yes, we want to be with you. And they said, but you're going to get up and go to church in the morning. And my parents said, that's right. We put God first. We put God first. We will be in God's house. Well, if you loved us, you wouldn't. Let me tell you, that is just a lie of the devil. First off, because my dad had a unique strategy. He would say to his brother-in-law, he would say, come to church with us and I'll buy you lunch afterwards. Does anybody, sorry brother-in-law, not want a free lunch? <laughs> come on now. But my dad would honor God first. God first. God first. And I got that in my spirit. And I remember... I was a, about a 16-year-old boy, and I received a phone call from the local radio station. And they said, come on over. And I called the sign letters, and, uh, but you, you would know them, the, the call letters, and you and many of you would know them, and I don't want to offend anybody uh, in the community, but, but listen to me carefully. That, they called me over, and they said, they said you, have a, you have an amazing voice for, for radio. I said, well, thank you. Thank you very much. And they said, and we are going to make you the local, quote, we're going to make you the local star. So-and-so is moving off, and we're going to make you the hometown hero. I said, well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and they said, and your show is going to start on Sunday morning. And I said, excuse me? And they said, your show's going to start on Sunday morning. I said, is there any other time I can do that show for you? They said, no, that's it. we're picking you because of the Christian connection. I said, well, you understand the Christian connection then. 16-year-old boy. And I said, I want to thank you, but I'm going to decline. And these were the words they said to me. Do you know what you're walking away from? You will never be on radio again in your life. <laughs> For those you don't understand, this service is being heard right now, 214 countries, territories, and islands of the world. Do you understand what I'm saying? Well, all 50 states, why? Not because we're anything special. I believe it goes back to that moment. Because my parents had instilled a value in me that when I left the house, I took with me. Are you, are you following me? They could have given me all, I mean, my dad did give me this voice. They gave me a lot of other things, but they taught me a value. 
that opened an opportunity greater than I could have imagined. I watched that little wife of mine go to work in a very public place where you know you have to work certain schedules, and she looked at him and said, I will work every day that everybody else doesn't want, but my family goes to God's house. And they said, we can work with that. And so she worked for years. I didn't know that she existed on Friday nights. When everybody else was out partying, she was at work. But we were in God's house. And in every job she ever took, she was promoted and promoted and promoted. I remember walking into a job one time and they said to me, you're going to have to, you're going to have to do this and this and this and this and you're going to be working this many Sundays. I said, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. No, thanks. I'm not interested in the job. And they said, that's part of the job. And I looked at them and I said, I will work every day. Everybody else doesn't want to work, but I will honor God on his day. And by honoring God on his day, they looked at me and they said, well, since you've been honest and you've showed that much integrity, we're not allowed to hire managers off the street, but we're going to make you a manager. Now, why am I telling you this? To say something that we've done that seems like uh, like big? No, I'm telling you to tell you because my parents instilled a value in me that said it was greater than the little gods of this world and greater than the opportunities of this world and greater than the moments that we'll miss of this world. Sometimes you have to make up your mind. What are we going to stand for? And when you make up your mind what you're going to stand for, you get rid of all of the obstacles. And let me just explain it to you. When you teach your children to value the things of God... God values the things of their lives and there's blessings in store in their future. Amen. Why don't you give God a praise for that this morning? Amen. (laughs) Pastor Don, that's just your opinion. I mean, it's mine and Matthew's. Matthew 6, 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Have you taught your family about faith? To stand on faith. To stop fighting the world and but just trust God sometimes. But if you don't know what's going to... No, 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 no. I know who holds my tomorrow. And I'll never forget the blessings that have come to our family because we've said we don't know how, but we're going to honor God. I, you can imagine the first two months of being married. I mean, we are we were... Church planners and newlyweds. And do you know what word is, 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 goes with church planner and newlywed? Do you know what it is? Broke. And I'd gotten a check from that job that I got that manager's role in. And I got a check from her and I, uh, from that job. And I looked at my beautiful wife and I said, honey, God told me to give it all. And she said, who told you to do what? I said, God told me to give it all. God has blessed our family every day since. I'm looking at one of our staff members right this moment who looked at me and said, you didn't call me and you don't have to pay me, but until God tells me different, this is what I'm doing. And God has blessed them with the desires of their hearts. Sometimes you need to teach your family we're going to honor God no matter what. James 1, 6 tells us, that when you ask, you must believe. Have faith and don't doubt. Why? Because if our children see us claim to have faith, but we walk in doubt, we become like these, these wishy-washy people. Thank you for a good word there. I love that you preach. Come on, amen. Here's another word. You need to teach your family love. Well, my family just don't show love. 
Well, just because your daddy didn't know how to show love doesn't mean you need to be as dumb as he was. I mean, straight up. I'm not telling you to be all lovey. But you need to look at your family and model a character of love. My dad wasn't taught that either, but I remember when he learned that lesson. And as a young man, it took me back. My little brother probably has the most trouble of all of her brothers about that. So every time I see him, I'm like, I love you. <laughs> Throw my arm around him. You know what he said to me the other day? I love you too. Your family needs to see you model love, but not just to the ones that you're close to, because Luke 6.35 says, love your enemies. Do good to them. Bless them, not expecting to get blessed back. Then your reward will be great. <laughs> Have you ever been like, thank you, God, a good reward's coming because that was hard. <laughs> How about this value, compassion? I know I'm not screaming and yelling like normal today, but I'm preaching truth. Compassion. If we don't model it for our families, they won't get it. You know, we're doing that the can thing right now. You put the change in there and buy groceries for people in this community that need, need help. You know what? Don't do that alone. Do it with your family. Do it with some friends. Do Take that and let somebody see you showing compassion. 1 Peter 4, 10. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another. If God's stewards of God's very grace. How about this one? Hope. Hope. 1 Corinthians 13, 13 says that, that faith, hope, and love uh, remain. Greatest of these is love. But when's the last time we mirrored hope for our families? But Pastor Don, don't you see World War III is about to break out? People asking me that. I'm like, I know what's happening on the earth. But I also know who holds tomorrow and who has me in the palm of his hand because my hope is not in this world. My hope is in a city whose builder and maker is the Lord. And I shall see Jesus face to face. This next one's hard. Humility. Mark 9.35 if anyone would be first, he must be last and last of all and servant of all. This one's kind of hard. It's hard to mirror that one for your family. It really is. Because how dare someone cut us off in line? That's the opposite of humility. That's pride. Trust me, they will pick up what you're doing. Oh, they will. It's new year, right? New day, new time. I'm doing better. Working on the road rage. <laughs> Setting at the red light the other day. Person did forgot how to apply pedal to gas to go. But I'm just smiling, thinking, whenever you're ready. And finally, from the passenger seat, 
our little boy says, we believe in you. You can do it. I said, I'm sorry, God. I've taught him the wrong thing. They pick up what you do. What if we humble ourselves? Say, help me to be mirror that value in my children. How about this one? Integrity. Proverbs 21 and 3 says, Do what is right and just which is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. That we teach our children and our families and all our friends that when you deal with us, you don't have to worry about me saying one thing one day and another the next. My yes is yes and my no is no. It might cost you something sometimes, but you do what's right. Now here's what you need to do. If you want a revelation, God's given you one today. The little idols mirror what you value. So you need to start your year by evaluating what has held the place of value in your life most. What has held it? Now, interesting enough, I told you there was two things that, that the, God, the gods represented. Value, and what was the other thing? Inheritance. Thank you for taking notes. Good. Value and inheritance. Now watch this. The gods that she, she took with her, those little things that represented the leaving an inheritance for your children. Now the reason that's this way is they found in certain, certain excavations and of certain libraries and tablets, they found a couple of areas there in Mesopotamian area that if you, if you had the gods of a family, it entitled you to the father-in-law's inheritance. So Rachel literally took the right for Jacob to get to go and get her inheritance. He could have taken everything. They would have given him the right of inheritance because they had the value they had determined the inheritance he was going to get. So what does Laban do? Laban says, he says, all right, look, we can't find the gods, but you're not getting the inheritance. So he says, we're going to build this, 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 this mound of rocks. And he says, okay, Jacob, you're going to stay on that side and I'm going to stay on this side and you can't cross over to get anything and I can't cross over to take anything of yours. So what he's saying is, there's an inheritance issue here. Okay? Listen to me carefully. The reason this is important is what you value will be the inheritance you leave. What you value will be the inheritance you leave. And some of you are going, but Pastor Don, I've got a trust fund for my family. Can I tell you if you have a trust fund from your family, I am your long lost relative. I'm just playing. But you know what? Not really. But anyways. And what I'm trying to tell you is trust funds get spent. Antiques rust. Cars break down. Cabins and homes dilapidate. 
You know what I inherited from my grandfather? What I inherited from my grand- who had 120 uh, descendants when he passed away? Do you know what I inherited from this grandfather? I inherited a fillet knife. They took me to a little closet and said, pick what you want. You can have one thing. And I said, I'm last. <laughs> and there was like four or five things left in the room. And I said, I'll take the knife. And I'm thankful for it. I'm very thankful for the fillet knife. It's somewhere. <laughs> but that's not really the inheritance he left me. Because those kind of things pass away. Here's the inheritance my grandfather left me. I didn't realize it, but I found out at 16 years old the inheritance he he was going to give me. I'm 16, maybe 17. I'm in a bank in Cumming, Georgia, end of of Buford Dam Road. There's a bank right there, and I'm in that bank, and and I'm I'm sitting there, and and I'm looking at them, and they're like, Sir, uh, you know, I'm 16, 17 years old. They're like, we would love to give you the money for this car you're trying to buy. And I'm like, well, thanks. I appreciate that. How much am I going to owe you? And they're like, well, but we're not going to be able to give you this money. And I said, but why? And they said, because you need a, are you ready for this? You need a co-signer. I said, no, 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 you don't understand. If I tell you I'm going to do it, I'm going to take care of it. And they said, but we don't really care what you say. We want you to have a co-signer with collateral. And I said, but you don't understand. Then I can't have the car. And they said, no, your daddy will co-sign for you. I said, no. I will stand on my own. And about that time, the bank president sticks his head in the door. Some of you know him. And this was his words. He said, give the boy the money. I'm like, yeah, that's right. Give the boy the money. (laughs) And then he said the next word. He said, because that's... Rodney Allen's son, if he doesn't pay his bill, his dad will take it out of his hide. I'm like, yeah, give the boy the money. <laughs> and they gave me the money without a cosigner. Do you know where that came from? Not my dad, but my grandfather. Because I can guarantee you that if today I were late on a payment, not only would my father take it out of my hide, but my deceased grandfather would get up out of his grave, take it out of my hide, and then take it out of my dad's hide for letting it be, let it get that far with me. Why? Because he wasn't even a Christian until he was 50 something years old, but he had a value of financial integrity that he passed down now to the fourth generation. I'm watching it go to the fourth generation. Why? Because he valued something and that became the inheritance that he left us. You need to hear what I've come to tell you. Stop trying to secure their future. Stop trying to settle all of this stuff the way that you think you're going to leave them and plant your feet in Jesus Christ and and the principles of God because that's an inheritance that'll go to the thousandth generation. Amen. That's the kind of truth that you need to pass on to your family. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Stand with me today. I know what some of you are saying, Pastor, I don't have any children, so this was not for me. Put that last slide on the screen. Someone is watching and they will be affected by what you value. I have friends that I am better when I leave them than when I met up with them.
because I learn from what they value. Pastor Don, my kids are grown, my, my ways are set. No, it is never too late to realign what you value. It's never too late. God's concerned about what you value even on the earth, but he has a greater lesson for you. Let me tell you this story. So you, you remember what I, they stole the dog statues? Anybody remember what else they stole? Her wedding set. Now, I didn't realize that she was downplaying it to try to not make me feel as bad, but I mean, I'm feeling not only violated as a man who didn't guard his home and, and my home's been robbed, and, but they've my wife's wedding set. I'm imagining they're, they're melting it down for dope somewhere, you know? My wife's wedding, this is what we, we pledged our, our love to each other with. And, and, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm irate about it. And she's like, oh, it's not that big a deal. And I'm like, it's your wedding set. She's like, don't worry about it. I'm like, I am worried about it. And so literally it became an area of contention between us because I'm thinking she doesn't care. And she's trying to make me care less. And the more she tries to make me care less, the more I care. So I'm like, why, why does she not want to look married? So we're fighting. And one day it just reached a climax and it was so frustrated. And so I pull out of the church here and I make it down to where the old Kroger is. I'm right there behind Taco Bell and Wendy's at the time. And I just, I just pull my car over. I literally pull my car over and I'm like, I'm like, God, this wasn't fair. You ever been there? I didn't, we didn't deserve this to happen. We're faithfully serving you. We're, we're honoring you with our tithes. We're honoring. And Lord, the devourer has come to my home. This doesn't, it doesn't work for me, God. She doesn't even care. God, would you help me? That was at this parking spot. This is back when cell phones were 49 cents a minute and you only called because of emergency. We rolled, my car rolled 50 feet. 50 feet and the cell phone goes off. It kind of scared me. I'm like, Hello? And it's Christina. I'm like, what's wrong? She said, you're never going to believe the phone call I just got. And I said, what phone call? What's wrong? She said, the detective just called me. And I said, the detective just called. She said, they have found my wedding set. They're bringing it back. And I was like, the one they said, was it, that was impossible? She's like, Yes, they found it, and they're bringing it back. They've recovered it. They found it in some pawn shop down the road. They've recovered it, and it's coming back to us. And, 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 and honey, look what God has done. And I'm thinking, wow, the ring's coming back. You know why she didn't care about that ring? Because she made me upgrade it anyways. <laughs> Do you know what happened 50 feet back? Something better than a ring. I realized I called unto the Lord and he answered me. He heard me from his mighty hill. In 50 feet, he taught me something. When you reach that place to where it's like, I can't do it on my own. It's a value that I never want to forget. And I've tried to teach my children, stop trying to fix it on your own and start calling on the Lord. And in 50 feet, he did a miracle. What do you need done in 50 feet? 
What are you passing on? What do you value? There's no condemnation in this message. I want you to find hope. That if you haven't valued something, it's time to start valuing it. Honor God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Those are somebody's words. Oh, the words of the Lord. Bow your heads with me. For the Lord is good and His mercy endures forever. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Don, there's some values I need to realign in my life. Can I see your hand if that's you? It's the majority of people in this room. There's some values we need to realign. God is wanting to set you up for blessing. God is wanting to set you up for an opportunity. God wants to do something great in your life. Realign the values. Realign the values. Pastor Don, I feel that it's gone too far. Nope. Realign the values. God has sent me with a word today. Somebody needs to hear me. This is what will save the third and fourth generations of your family. If you will honor God today, the curses of three and four generations back can be broken in the name of Jesus. For as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. Father, I thank you for your goodness. Amen and amen. Come on, give God a praise if you will give today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at War Hill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 8.15, 9.30, and 11 a.m., where you will find Real Love Now.